Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Glad you are with us today as we're talking about financial matters. Helping you make some sense of what's maybe going on in the world. So you've got a clear financial plan and some financial stability in your life. Not that finance is everything, but it's certainly a big piece of life. And it's it's one thing you cannot ignore. Well, it's much, it's much better to have money than to not. Um, I have been, I've been in both places. <laughs> I have been in both places. <laughs> Although, you know, it's interesting. Uh, so Pat, Pat and I have been financial advisors for roughly 30 years, business partners for roughly 30 years done this radio program for 26 years, uh, both mid to late 50s. Uh, and have, have not only have we had our own journey in finances, but have literally spoken to thousands, if not tens of thousands of people about their financial circumstances. Often, often like really intimate conversations about money, super intimate, husband and wife and kids and parents and family squabbles over, by the way, not just a little bit of money, oftentimes a lot of money. Uh, I've seen families that had more than enough resources that everyone could live comfortably and watch them fight over three, four, $500. So what were you going with this guy? I don't know where I was going. Oh. I just, um, I, I, I find it, well, King Solomon said, whoever loves money uh, never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. It's a fleeting thing for a lot of people, some sort of financial security. Yes. And the whole concept of, com- you brought up the word comfort. Uh, I have a little thing on my desk at home that says, view risk as your friend, comfort and safety as your enemy. I, I have that at my desk at, at home to remind me that, Usually, if I'm just trying to seek comfort in my life and security, it's not really what's best for me, nor the people I love and care about in my life, right? I, I, have, a, I have a belief that, that money, more money makes people more of what they already are. You're probably right. Yeah. If you've got a good heart and a generous person, you'll probably be a more generous person. Yeah. If you are stingy, greedy, not very nice, um, then that more money. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But we, but, but the, we all, look, the reality is we all need money. And 50 years ago, there was a good chance if, if you were a professional or just a hard worker, you worked for a large company, you got a nice pension. That's, that's not the case anymore. It's only mostly in utilities and government now. If you want some sort of security in your life, it is up to you to do the planning, to do the saving, to do the investing. You have to own it. You've got to own it. You can use consultants and advisors and all that other stuff, but the reality is um, you need to take personal responsibility. And so part of the reason we've been doing this program for years is to help people take responsibility, have some ownership in their finances, get to a point in their life where they've got some financial security and are not going to be dependent upon others in their old age and to have some be at a point in life when they can have some choices of what kind of career they may or may not have if they retire or not retire. Or what sort of lifestyle? And what sort of lifestyle? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, once you have food on the table and roof over your head, most of the other stuff doesn't really matter as much, but it's still important. But it can. Yeah. It can. I mean, I mean it's re- like, as an example, I remember years ago, one of the nice things about doing this so long is you've had so many, I've had so many personal experiences with people. It was a husband and wife. She says, I don't, she looks at me in the eye. Scott, I don't care about any of these other things, here's what I care about. I've got two sons and three grandkids. One lives wherever, and they both live in different parts of the country than where she lives. She says, all I care about is twice a year, I've got the money to go fly, visit them, and stay in a hotel when I'm there. Doesn't need to be a fancy hotel. She says, that's all I care about. If you can plan my financial future so that the rest of my life that I'm in good health, I can do that. That's all I care about. That's nice. I thought it was nice. And, and made planning much easier. But th- for many people, 
the ads, it's funny, I was looking at something this morning, and there's an ad, um, some couple on a sailboat, fancy sailboat, and they're smiling, they're beautiful looking people and all that. I'm thinking, that's not really what most people want. Those are fun to do every once in a while. But when it's when it's a mother talking about, I want to be able to see my kids and my grandkids. Yes. And the right kind of planning it enables her to do that, and the wrong kind of planning can derail that. And the wrong kind of investments, selling at the wrong time, buying at the wrong time. Or investing in products that are, listen to the radio uh, this last week. Uh, a financial show, I was listening to three financial shows that were nothing but annuity salespeople, index annuity salespeople dressed up like fiduciaries. And this one ad, it's the same ad for months. It talks about the stock market decline. and Yeah, yeah. Got to be careful. All right, you want to go to the calls? If you'd like to join the show, 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-999-6784. And you... Before I go on, you mentioned that you saw an ad with someone on a sailboat, and that's leisurely. Obviously, if you think it's leisurely to get on a sailboat and sail around the world, you haven't sailed enough. Sailing is a lot of work. There's a lot of moving around. They're pulling sails in and pushing sails out. Not this couple. They were just sitting on the front smiling. I don't know if they had a crew or what. Yeah, because if you've ever sailed, it is not. Um, anyway, I can't. it's one of those sailing. I don't know how to sail. Uh, I've done a little catamaran once or twice at a resort or something where someone kind of teaches me and then I almost crash and stuff. But it's one of those things I think, maybe I should learn how to sail, like something new to do. But it's probably, it's probably one of those things that's kind of fleeting. <laughs> Isn't there anything else you could waste your money on? Well, there's lots of things. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> see. I have clients that have sailboats and they love it, but they've, they've sailed their whole life. They absolutely love it. It's a whole social community. And I have a friend I don't that, need another social community. That... You've got more I'm than so, enough friends. Think, so. No, I don't know. I'm make it that way. <laughs> but I'm not. I've lived in the same community for 30 years. Yes. I've got. I've know lots of people. Not that I, I. I certainly enjoy meeting new people. I don't mean it that way. Anyway, let's go to the call. Eight three three ninety nine worth. That's eight three three nine 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 six seven eight four. If you'd like to join the show, we're talking to Lee. Lee, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hi guys, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Yeah, glad you joined us. What's up? So uh, my situation is is that my wife and I retired several years ago, and uh, you know we're looking at finances periodically. Me more probably than her, but um, um, we're looking at long term care. And currently, we have long term care coverage through CalPERS, which uh, will provide uh, six thousand five hundred dollars worth of coverage if we're in a nursing home for both of us, or you know sixty five hundred for her, sixty five hundred for me for up to six years. So I oh, think that's, that's pretty probably good. more than, yeah, I think it's more than enough, to be honest with you. But she's saying, well, you know, to get into a semi-private room now in the Sacramento, Roseville area, it would cost probably about $10,000 for each of us. Yeah, so I guess the, what the question, here's how I look at this. Like, First of all, long-term care insur- insurance, or long-term care in general. If you, are, if, if you don't have much in the way of assets, you don't need any insurance because you you don't have much in assets anyway. Like you, you can't afford it to begin with. And if you are Elon Musk, like I don't think Elon Musk buys long-term care insurance. He's right? going to self-insure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So those are two extremes. Two extremes. But it's, it's the, it's kind of the people in the middle class, the, the ones that if you don't quite have enough where one spouse, a longer term illness can deplete the assets and, and impoverish their surviving spouse. That's where it's a real problem. Right? So tell us about the rest of your financial situation. How much do you receive in a monthly pension? So I assume since you said you're getting a government pension that you are a government, uh, since you're buying a government benefit, you get a government pension. How much are you receiving in pension every month? Well, yeah, I, uh, I retired from the military, then I retired with CalPERS, and then I get a little money from the VA. So, uh, and also, I just recently started taking Social Security. So, so all uh, those things combined. I, yeah, about one hundred eighty-five thousand a year. And does your spouse receive any money, pension, Social Security, anything like that? No, no. But she's going to apply for Social Security probably next year, and I think that's going to be about another twelve thousand a year. Okay, so we're talking almost uh, two hundred thousand dollars a year, regardless Correct. of what you have in savings. And how much do you have in savings? Well, our net worth with uh, if you take how much your you know the equity in our home and and cash and and um, retirement is about a million dollars. Okay, and 
Is your home paid for? No, actually, we had our house, old house, paid off, but uh, we decided to move to a little bit better neighborhood where, like, our kids were also. So yep. um, we we made a large down payment on it. We owe about two hundred fifty thousand on it. Uh, but our, you know, we had a two point seven five fixed. Yeah, and you've got plenty of income. It. You've got plenty of income. You're fine. So, yeah. do you need any? I, you know, I see. If I, I would buy more, I would buy more. You would just to make my wife happy. Okay, fair point. <laughs> That's impossible, number one. Sorry, I mean, it's a fleeting thing. So. No, no, but no, I mean, it. it's not. But the question is, I mean, so you bought this years ago. You probably cannot increase your policy. You'd probably have to get a secondary one. Well, Do you that's, know? That's. That's part of it. I mean, every couple of years, it seems like CalPERS wants more money. They're going to continue you know, how, that How way. old are you, Lee? I'm 62. So uh, if, if you've listened to the program for a, a long time, you'll realize that Matt and myself, we both bash we, um, we, we bash a lot of like whole life and universal life insurance products. Not because they're bad, because they tend to be missold. But there are some pretty right. interesting products out there that combine life insurance with a long-term care benefit where you put a lump sum of cash in, 150 grand or whatever it is, put a, a, a chunk of cash in, and uh-huh. um, should you die, then the, you've got a death benefit that goes to your family. But then there's additional long – it's it's designed for long-term care. And it, the reason it, it tends to work uh, pretty economically is because – you you use your 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 own cash first, and when that gets down to near zero, then an insurance kicks in. So it, yeah. it provides some additional monthly income. So it's it's like it's like a a deductible because you use your own cash first. How much money do you have in cash in the bank? A couple hundred thousand. Oh, perfect candidate. I would look at. I I I got to tell you, um, economically, you don't need it. You don't need it. The only reason you'd be buying it is to is to make your wife happy and by the way it's a six year that's you, a long time yeah that's a long time that's a long which long is time. great because look the average stay is pretty short right you go i mean let's be real frank here you go into a long-term care place it's you're usually not coming out and oftentimes right. it's like under a year for a male and under two years for females somewhere in those ranges right so where economically most people can deal with a shorter term stay. It's the multiple year ones. But even then, he if it, let's say it was ten thousand dollars a year, your copay is thirty five hundred dollars a month. Let's call it a copay. And if it was ten thousand dollars a month, your copay okay. is is forty two thousand dollars a year. You've got two hundred thousand right. dollars a year in income. Yeah. So look, if they if if you could go back to and now that you're if one of you goes into long term care, your overall household expenditures are going down too. Yes. So, and that's kind of how I see it. And you know, to be honest with you, looking at purchasing another policy right now, it's really expensive. Very right? expensive. Yeah, yeah. We got uh, long-term care years ago. Uh, we're right now we're only paying two hundred and four dollars. Oh, that's for, nothing. Which is nothing compared. I mean, for one person now, it's almost a grand yeah. to get long-term care. It, it's crazy how much money it is. If they offer you some more coverage through the plan you have today, consider buying it. But you don't need it. You're, the only reason you would be buying it is to appease your spouse, which may <laughs> or may not be worth the money. But there's other ways. I mean, and, and another way of doing that. Either well, she does cook a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, but you can do that, or visit acid. with visit with a financial advisor to do a, a retirement projection and what, some what ifs. What happens if next year one of you goes into this? Like you can do a bunch of different what if um, projections, and then she can have an independent third party person tell her you don't really need more. But the idea of buying what they, they it, their life insurance with a long term care writer on them, they 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 market them as asset backed long-term care policies. They call them a lot of different things. There's a lot of them out there. The right ones I have seen used appropriately. The problem is the average consumer has a hard time determining yeah. what's right or wrong. Um, if you looked into that, put a hundred or 150 grand into that, essentially it's not going to grow anymore. It's not going to shrink unless you went into a long-term care facility. And I would consider that, but if I could get, is that something I could pull out though? If I wanted to just stop. Oh yeah, yeah you can. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. 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 Yep. There's surrender charges on it, but you could pull it out. But the reality is um, just play 
I mean, I would if I was going to look at buying more, I would probably in your situation, I'd use a, a product like that. As I would too. To a traditional long term. I, I certainly would too. Or just play this tape, and if your wife believes us at all, maybe this will do it. But I don't. I don't, well, I, yeah, I don't own long term care insurance, and you don't. I'm assuming you I don't do not own, own long term okay. care insurance. I am self insured. Yeah. So, so the bottom line is, I can tell her I'm right. You guys agree with me. But if I just want to make her happy, we can spend some additional money. Perfect. You're, you're That's exactly what I said. <laughs> see if that works for you. Appreciate the call, Lee. That. It, it's, it, and I think my philosophy on insurance, whether it's long-term care insurance, homeowner's insurance, auto insurance, uh, the uh, appliance insurance they try to sell you when you're buying a TV or whatever it is, uh, if you can self-insure, if it, if, Whatever that cost is, is not going to change your financial life if you encounter whatever risk that might be, then self-insure. Like, I have, I have fire insurance on my house because I don't want to spend the whole, all that much money to rebuild it, but I also have a very high deductible, so I'm not going to make a claim for $5,000. But you probably have a big umbrella liability. And I have a big yeah. umbrella liability because I don't want that risk. Someone sues me for something bizarre. I don't want that risk. But I had a car come up. It's an interesting time in the automobile. I had a oh. car. I, 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 I tend to lease. It's not the best thing from a financial standpoint, but I'll lease a car typically three or four years. And my lease came up. And it made absolutely no financial sense for me to buy a new car today because my the value of the car is worth much more than the residual value, number one. Number two, the miles are low because it was this COVID environment. And number three, the inventory of new cars is so little that they wanted to slap a thing, a premium. But the dealer wanted to sell me a, uh, an extended warranty. And you... And, and, and one of the things, well, Scott, you know, these repairs can be really expensive if the transmission goes out. And I said... If I spent my entire life buying these extended, I, mean, I understand how they work. I understand it's just an insurance thing. Yes. And about 50 cents of every dollar that's paid into insurance is paid out in claims. And the other 50% goes to all administ administration and all that other stuff. So the smaller things self-insure for. Yes. And even on long-term care. If Well, he that was basically, he insured part of the coverage and he self-insured the rest. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, made sense. I chopped all my uh, my property and casualty insurance recently, all of it, and saved quite a bit of money. Quite a bit of money. Feeling good about yourself? Yeah, a little good. <laughs> good. <laughs> we call everyone that we pay a subscription to, like the cell phone companies, uh, the internet. You don't. My wife does. Yeah, your wife <laughs> calls them. Tells them we're going to cancel. <laughs> Lower the price. So Pat's the same guy. <laughs> this was 15 years, 20 years ago. You tell me how you're negotiating at Jiffy Lube for an oil change. $28? Are you kidding me? I'll give you 24 <laughs> Whatever it was. It's okay. Uh, all right. Let's uh, continue here. Let's talk with Larry. Larry, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, Larry. Hey, I, I have actually two questions, but one's kind of complicated, and that's the one that I'm, I'm really interested in. Uh, my wife has some stock that she's been purchasing over, uh, you know, 12, 15 years, company that she's working with. And at the beginning of this year, we got hit pretty hard by the state of California with taxes on considerably less income, uh, which brought me to my current dilemma. And as I see it, I have four possibilities. Um, one is we sell the stock because it's at a price now where I don't think it's going to go up much higher. Uh, likelihood of it coming down is substantial. What, what percentage does this stock make up of your overall savings, life savings, investments? Actually, not very much. It's The, the stock is only right now total about 18,000. Okay. Uh, but if I sell it, uh, we'll have to pay you know, the taxes and what have you on it. And then because of tax brackets, it throws me into another tax bracket, which would result in me uh, owing uh, the People's Republic of California more money at the, be at the beginning of next year. Uh, so I don't really want to do that. So option number two is to sell it, take my wife's 401, my 401, and max them out. 
Okay. Uh, con- um, ketchup contributions. My wife's already at twenty five percent. So that wa- essentially washes out yep. washes out the uh, taxable income. It, and what's your cost basis in these stocks? If it's worth eighteen, what do you think you paid for them? Six, eight, uh, two, ten. That that we that we actually invested into the stock. Yes. I'd say probably eight thousand. Okay. All right. Perfect. Uh, okay. Okay. So, so that's we, option we, two. We like option two. What's option three? Yep. What's th- three? Uh, option option three is I let it sit until uh, we escape the state. Uh, you know, we're planning. My wife is planning and retiring at the beginning of next year uh, at sixty-five. Because just financially. With Social Security, it's just not really worth her working till uh, her full retirement age. And I would like to retire at 62, uh, which is roughly two and a half years from now. Uh, so option number three is we just let it ride and then cash it out. And what's option four? Let's retire. Option four is I just let it sit there. And, and so what is it. your family income? Uh, between my wife and I right now, one ten. How much money do you have saved for retirement in four hundred one k's? Six fifty. And is your all in about six fifty? And is your home paid for? Uh, no. I owe sixty on my house, and I owe twenty five on a vehicle that is part of our retirement. Got it. And what uh, is the value of your home? About. Four seventy-five. Right okay, now. and where do you plan to move? Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, we are leaning more towards Arizona right now. Okay. Um, what we would like to do is buy uh, once we sell our home here in California, buy a small place uh, that will just support my wife and I, and then uh, just pay cash for it so we have no debt on it. Do you, you have any? Do you have any? Our, do you have any pension income coming in in retirement? No, okay. no. It's just four hundred ones and IRAs. Got it. And then, you, so pay cash for that, and then do what? Uh, climb into our RV and go tour the country. Got it. Oh. Um, okay. So I like option B, which is you can sell it now and increase that was your four hundred one. Okay, B <laughs> two. I do too. Um, I like that. Okay, don't. Okay, I, I've seen enough people over the years. Uh, uh, hold on to an asset, whether it's a stock or a property or whatever, hold on to an asset much longer than they should because of the tax benefit. They say, oh, I don't want to sell it because I don't want to pay the taxes. And I've seen where stocks were sky high. They say, I don't want to sell pay the taxes. And then... But this um, this gets rid of the tax obligation by increasing the 401k contribution. You're fine. I, gotta I like t- the concept. I got to tell you, you, you said that uh, you had mentioned something about your wife not working till full retirement age because of Social Security and you wanting to retire at age 60. You said 62? Two. 62. Uh, yeah. So that full retirement age, the thing, that argument doesn't hold water with me that she should retire at 65. She should retire because she wants to and you think you could afford it. Um, financially. Well, you, that's where we're sitting. Okay, good, good. But, but, but financially, you may be better off working another year or oh, longer. Yeah. Um, I know it's a bad, look, I know it's a balance, right? And you get to stage in life and. You still get your health and like, we don't know what tomorrow brings and let's go enjoy something. I totally get that. But um, I think our concern without any sort of pension on on just social security, what you've got in savings, there's not a lot of margin for air, not a lot of money for gas for the RV. Um, And I think we'd caution, like run some scenarios, run some projections, get with a financial advisor and have a, have some different uh, projections. Like, all right, we retire January of next year. What's that look like? What's our probability of success over the next 30 years? Because statistically, one of you are going to make it to 90, at least one of you. Uh, and then what happens if you, one of you continue to work for a couple more years or if you did some part-time consulting or, or, or you moved into a lower-cost home or there's a lots of different what-ifs you can do. But right now... Um, 
you know, just from the surface, uh, it, it, you're probably work better off working another year to a year and a half, but you can go through the scenarios. And go through the scenario. Because what the last, the last thing you want to do is get to 75 and find yourself with, with no financial. And we've seen that. We've seen people retire with barely making it work when they retire. Um, and then things like the stock market decline happens or going to recession and or bond prices, prices bond prices drop or whatever right it, and, and um it happens you don't want to be stuck in that situation you don't want to be on a, a razor's edge yeah and maybe you can make it work and it all depends it really depends on what your lifestyle needs are so uh, appreciate the call there but i think we both pat and myself like your idea of selling the stock now and then taking those dollars and maxing them out your 401k particularly if you're planning on leaving the state of California. Uh, this is All Worth Money Matters. We're taking a quick break. We'll be right back. Get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen and Pat McClain. Uh, if you like to, if you get a question for us, financial question, like another opinion on your, how you're doing financially, if you've got the right kind of allocation, if you could afford to retire, whatever the case may be as far as your finances, um, We'd love to take your call, and you can call us, and we'll schedule a time to uh, record with you, just like the other calls you've heard over the years. Our number to join, 833-99-WORTH, 833-99-WORTH. You could also send us an email, questions at moneymatters.com, questions at moneymatters.com. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, if you would be so kind as to review or rate us, um, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, the higher assuming, the, you like, assuming you like us. Well, the higher the ratings, um, the better it is for us. How many us. podcasts are there now? Like millions or something. There's almost as many podcasts as there are Humans. cryptocurrencies. <laughs> cryptocurrencies. <laughs> All right. So before, we're going to get back to the calls here in a, in a moment. But um, NFTs. Non-fungible. Not NTFs. NTFs are a great way to get exposure to broad markets, baskets of securities at extremely low costs. ETFs. That's a non-traded, fund, uh, exchange-traded fund. ETFs. ETFs. What I say? NTFs. All right. ETFs. Ex- but they sound very similar. ETF. Well, what? ETF. Exchange-traded yeah. fund. Good. Is, Good thing. Yes. NFT. Non-fungible tokens. And the market was hot a year ago. These things... And it basically gives you an electronic certificate of ownership. Isn't that how you'd best think about it, Pat? Uh huh. It's not fungible. You can't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> I like things that I buy to be fungible. I'm silly like that. So Jack Dorsey, uh, founder of uh, Twitter. There's over 850,000 active podcasts. Thank you, you, Pietro. So there are more people on the planet than there are podcasts. So so Jack Jack Dorsey, founder of Twitter. Uh, We're not going to go into that. The embattled founder of Twitter right Uh, now. So his first tweet, whatever it was. What did he say? Whatever, it doesn't matter. The first tweet he ever did, they sold the... That tweet to somebody, the guy paid $2.9 million. Mr. Estavi. For the, uh, essentially, an electronic certificate stating that he owns that. While there might be millions of copies of that tweet, Mm -hmm. um, he owns the original one. Mm -hmm. So, great investment, right? Like two, two. $2.9 $2.9 million. Yeah. So, so he went to... I think you know where this is going. He went way. to... He, he Last couple of weeks, he went to sell it on OpenSea. We all know OpenSea is a, an exchange <laughs> where you can sell your non-fungible tokens. Yeah. So OpenSea, 
And he, this guy was so generous because he said he was going to put it on the market, go for auction, and he was going to give 50% of the proceeds to charity. To charity. Give directly, which allows people to send money directly to, to people with no conditions on how the funds must oh, give, be spent. A charity called Give which Directly, is a whole, which is a whole different I missed, segment. I missed that part of the Which article. is a whole different segment of the show. Give Directly. Wow. Anyway. He said he's going to give 50% of the proceeds to a charity called Give Directly, which allows people to send money directly to people with no conditions on how the funds must be spent. That's going to work out well for them. I know. Because I, I know when I do that with my kids, I just say, send them money. Do whatever you want. The decision-making gets some of it. So he's, he lists this thing for $50 million. He was expecting to get $50 million. $50 million for his he non-fungible. Spent 2.94 a year ago. That would be an incredible return, by the way. So uh, right now the bidding's up to $14,000. At least last week. Yeah. Just under fourteen grand. He paid two point nine. The ninety nine. What is that? A ninety. Someone's willing to pay him fourteen grand for it. What is that? Ninety nine point five. I think he decided to pull it off the market. All right. Well, good luck with that. These non fungibles. Actually, but I, here, here's remind yourself this. Remember this. When the whatever that last next great financial product is that comes out, whether it's Bitcoin or. What are these? NFTs or whatever the next one might be. Slow your roll. Your life can continue on even if you don't participate. If you've got financial security in your life, you've got a good financial plan, you've got a diversified portfolio, you've got the luxury to avoid any fad that's going to come out. And whether or not you miss out on the next big thing is going to be irrelevant to you. It will not change. There will, but After if you this, choose to participate in these next fads, you might be a lucky one, get in early, get out early, but you might be like the majority of investors that end up losing a lot of money on them. Which is what we saw with cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, by the way. They always talk about how the stock of uh, the, the price of Bitcoin keeps, it goes up and then down, up and down, how much someone made. But the people that lost the money never come out and say how much they lost. No, people don't talk that way. They don't. So, but when the Wall Street yeah. Journal reports about <laughs> someone who bought uh, two point nine million dollars, two point nine for some sort of electronic certificate that says you own an electronic asset, are you on a the digital asset? Are you on the? I don't tweet. Do you tweet? Almost never. What it's a, it's it's relatively small percentage. It was like twenty percent of people, twenty some odd percent of people use Twitter on a regular basis. Oh. Semi regular basis, I think. There are some Twitter diehards that they live by it, and all their news sources from Twitter. I don't. Uh, yeah, I only read my news from reputable sources. Whatever, whatever that, that means. <laughs> I'm saying that sounded ridiculous. <laughs> whatever that means. I don't want any misinformation, disinformation, <laughs> fake news. Well, but this is probably not news to our listeners. But there was a survey a couple of weeks ago that the highest rated uh, channel that they believe for news is the Weather Channel, and only fifty percent of the people believe them. Which kind of makes sense. It is the weather. Well, the weather. You give cut them some slack, though. <laughs> I know. They, how can you predict the weather? Well, you, you we could do a lot better job now than we could a hundred years ago. I know that. That's true. So, all right, we're going to take your calls eight three three ninety nine worth. That's 833-999-6784. Let's talk with Jane in California. Jane, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. What can we do for you? Oh, I'm oh, the do you have a Do you have the radio on or are you on a speakerphone? I'm on a speaker. Take okay. it off. Please yes, take please. it off. Okay. Uh, We're getting a vibration ah, uh, reverb. All right. That's what can better. we do for you? Reverb. Um, I'm retired. I'm in my ninth year retirement, and uh, before I turn 70 next year, I decided it's time to downsize. So my basic question will be, um, once I sell my home and move, um, how can you help me figure out what do I do with, hopefully, some excess money uh, to avoid, of course, capital gains, some capital gains, I guess, and avoid taxes? And if possible, can I give some to my kids for... Great inheritance now. Good yes. questions. Uh, what's your home worth today? 
Um, it's worth seven hundred thousand. And what did you pay for the house? Plus improvements. One thirty. Okay. And um, are you married or single? Single. Okay. Have you been married in the past on this house, or has this always been your house? Yes. Uh, no. No, have not bought it single. Okay. okay. Uh, and you and you're going to sell it for seven hundred. I hope so. Okay, so then I'm listing. So today's market here in town. And I'm where gonna, where where do you plan on moving? Stay in California. I have family uh, trying to move closer to family, so Northern California. And what will a new house, your replacement house, cost you? I'm looking in the four hundred range. Surprisingly, uh, where I'm going, small town. Uh, still nice homes for 400 All right. Um, I know it doesn't sound right in California, but it's... No, I mean, you get far enough out of the... away from the big cities, yeah. and... Um, yeah, this yeah, yeah, and I'm downsizing, so... As far as the capital gain taxes, there's not a lot you're going to be able to do here. You're going to have some. So you, it's what you paid for the house plus any improvements, so if you've done any remodeling or... That's put in some new carpet, that sort of thing, some improvements you've done to the house. Um, but then you've got 250000 that you can automatically exclude from capital gain. Anything above that is going to be taxable to you as a capital gain. Yeah, so what you take is that 700 minus any transaction fees, and it brings you down to 665 and you paid 130 for the house. So let's just assume that you actually put $70,000 worth of improvements over the years, right? Yeah, that's a big Probably not that many, much. Well, I did do a um, uh, Okay, let's, let's go. You did a what? <laughs> no, i just going to say when I first moved in, it was the rental on the street. So I did do quite a few improvements. Okay, so let's, so let's just assume we'll, that. We'll go through this. With, so, so we've got our basis is 200, 665. That's 465. You're going to have capital gains of approximately 200 and. $15,000 of which you're going to need to pay taxes on. We'll take uh, 215 or 250. 215. Somewhere but between that's not 215 that, and 250, depending on the. That, that's right. So that's not your tax liability. That's your taxable gain. And figure about 25% of that. A little so, less than that. But yeah, 15% Fed, roughly, maybe a little bit less. And then state of California is going to take wacky at about nine. Yeah. So you. 15 and nine? Oh. Somewhere yeah, around there, probably a little bit less, but that's the ballpark. Yeah, some of the cap, some of the federal will be at a so, lower rate. So you can end up with anywhere between one fifty and one seventy five would be my guess. It could be in some of that twenty percent. I twenty five percent. I would is a kind of a rule of thumb. Off so this. you're you're going to have some gain here that you're going to pay taxes on. So know that, and then you could give whatever you'd like to your children. Oh, can I back up? Twenty five percent is. What was it, State and federal. Well, some fe some federal might be taxed at some might be at zero, some might be at ten, some might be at fifteen percent. When's it go to twenty percent of capital gain? I don't, I don't, I don't remember. What where uh, what is your income now? Um, seventy eight thousand. And that's from Social Security and pension. Yes. And how much money do you have outside of? Uh, how much money do you have in the bank or four hundred one k's or IRAs? Um, in my IRA, I have 525, which I have not touched uh, since I retired. Um, I have a broker account that has 13. And um, outside all of that, I have loose stocks and some other savings for about another 100000 And do you receive a pension? Yes, I do. How much is your pension a month? Oh, a month, about 4000 And do you receive Social Security? I do, since 62. Okay. Um, if you want to give any money to your kids, I would suggest giving some of those uh, stocks you've got scattered around. You probably oh. have some <laughs> stocks that have um, a lot of capital gain built in over the years. Oh, Depend absolutely, since the 70s. Yeah, and how? what are your kids' financial situations like? Are they... Uh, they're doing very well. They both make 100000 ish I'd give them the cash. Yeah. I, but I'd give I would, him the cash. I'd give him the cash. But here's what I would do. Uh, I would actually, you said you have stocks laying all over the place. I would put them in a brokerage account. 
on my list, right? <laughs> okay. okay, exactly. Because <laughs> you know why? You're doing your family a favor. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if something happened, it is oh. a disaster when they're scattered all over the place. It is a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is, if you're charitably inclined, you would start gifting those uh, stocks yep. um, to whatever charities. Yeah. Okay. And that's the first thing I'd give to a charity. So I don't know if you're until the required minimum distribution starts, and then maybe then that, that that would be the first thing. Perfect, Scott. Yeah. Look at that financial planning at work <laughs> as we speak. Oh, so when I at seventy one now, so when I turned seventy, so in two years, rather having to withdraw from my IRA, you're saying I could give them? I mean, I could cash one of my loose. No, 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 we didn't say that. How much money do you give to charities every year? Churches, uh, that sort of thing. Not a lot. Okay. Maybe depending on the fifteen hundred, two thousand. Okay. okay, even that. If you took fifteen hundred, or you can, you can, and this would be the year to do it. Maybe if you give that, let's say, you, all right, what you can do is set aside the next five years worth of giving. Take seventy five hundred or ten grand worth of those stocks. One of those stocks you've got scattered. You think it's a good time to sell. Transfer that to a donor advised fund. You get the tax deduction on it this year. Then you can dole out the funds over the next five years or whatever time frame you want to use for the donor advised fund. But it would all, it would come, you'd have a, you'd, you'd be doing two things. You'd be avoiding the capital gains uh, on that stock. And number one, and number two, you'd be reducing the amount of taxes you're going to have to pay on your home. And you would want to do it the year you sell your house. So that th- those are the things. So I, you want to take the scattered stocks, put them in a brokerage account, or gift them to a donor advised fund. Same year you sell your house, and yeah, go ahead, give your kids some money. Yep, it's not going to. You got you're, give, you're give them some cash. Them. Give them some cash, and go then ahead. see how they spend it. Yeah, and then decide whether you, you want to give them more. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate the call, Jane, because money doesn't always. Uh... But it sounds like your kids are doing all right. Making a hundred thousand dollars a year, sound responsible financially. Yeah, it's one area of life. It is one area. Of life. <laughs> Thank you for pointing. One of many. <laughs> oh, why well, you always got to rub that in? <laughs> I like I talk about kids. Like grades are important, but characters. Yeah, there's lots of things. Anyway, <laughs> we go through the list no, with the we're kids. Not go through the list with the. <laughs> <laughs> you go through the list. <laughs> All right. I gotta tell you, my my 14 year old daughter. They, they go through this crazy phase, right? And she, she's like always kind of amped for one thing. And but, Dad, what, you like? The, is this necklace look okay, okay with Alvin? Does this, does this shirt look okay? Does, does this shirt look? How's my hair like, Dad? Does my hair look okay? They'll be driving in the mirror. Dad, is my hair? Is my hair okay like this? Do my do you like this? My fingernails okay? Let's color down. <laughs> she got tons of energy. Yeah, and she's asking me all these questions about how she looks, and I, it's hilarious because I, I hate to tell her like. It's not really what people think about. It. It's the fact that nobody really thinks of, about you, right? I mean, <laughs> right. Nobody, how many people are going to even notice what you're wearing at school today? Like, anyway, I don't know. Why <laughs> you I didn't that. say that to her, though. You just answer the question, right? I'm not. I'm not counseling you on how she to raise did. your kids. She did. I was dropping her off at something. This is a few months back. She had this weird chain thing. I don't know who she was emulating there, but it, you know, like how guys have the wallets with the big oh, chain. Uh huh. It was almost the same kind of look. Uh huh. I don't know what look she was going for. They had like a wallet that was as big as a phone book. <laughs> that was the sort of look. But this wasn't for a wallet. I don't know what it was for. Just a chain. Okay. Thing. Maybe she's carrying a pocket watch. And um, she says, "Dad, she had to drop. Dad, do I look okay? Do I look okay?" And I said. You want my honest opinion on the chain? She says, yes. I said, my feeling is if you wear that, there's going to be some groups of girls that are going to be talking about your chain and you and mocking it. So if you want to wear it to have a statement, you can wear it, but this is the reality. And she took it off, left it in the car. She did. And I haven't seen her wear it since. Oh. What do you know? She listened to me. You know what's beautiful thing about this radio show? And I was talking to two of my kids. He said, you know, Dad, we never actually listen to your show, but our friends do, so we get some sort of a feedback. <laughs> we know when you're talking about it. All right, let's go to the calls. We're going to talk to Rich in New York. Rich, thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a Roth conversion question. My wife and I, we have 1.2 in pre-tax and 200 in Roth. Um, we're in the 22% tax bracket, and when I'm 65, I'm going to get a pension of 60000 per year, plus we each qualify for Social Security. 
So how much did you say you had in Roth? Two hundred. Okay. And how old are you now? Two hundred thousand. Yep, got it. How old are you now? Sorry. How old are you now? Oh, fifty-four. Okay. And your question? I don't know if we should if we should do conversions or not. Do you plan on staying in? uh, Are you going to retire? Are you retiring in New York? You're going to Florida. No, we're going to go to North Carolina. North Carolina. Go halfway. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, don't disappoint. (laughs) And what's the uh, what's what's the I don't know the tax situation in North Carolina. What's the tax situation like in North Carolina? It's like a six percent state income tax. And are you working now? Yeah. What's your income now? I make one eighteen. My wife makes seventy five. All right. So one ninety. And what do you have in traditional um, retirement plans? IRAs for one point two million. Sorry. Okay. One point two, correct. And you one ninety income. And so your question is: Should you convert now to a Roth? Yeah. No, you should not. I Why? wouldn't. Well, first of all, you're going to move. You're going to move to a lower income tax state. At least now, it's lower income tax state. So you're voluntarily paying more state income tax than you need to, right? And your income's already one hundred ninety thousand dollars a year. Do you so, think your income will be higher than that in retirement in today's dollars? Uh, no. How much money yeah. do you? How much money do you have outside of IRAs? Like forty thousand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's typical, right? You got most of your money. Yeah. Yeah. Savings. No. No. You wouldn't. I wouldn't consider. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider. I wouldn't consider converting to a Roth maybe ever, because when you go to retire until, he, until he's retired. Yeah, but even then, he might just be living off the the four hundred one k the pre tax dollars, because that's your retirement. Because that's your retirement. Will you receive a pension in retirement? Yeah, sixty thousand a year. Oh. Um, I wouldn't do anything if I was living in the state of New York with this kind of income. Is that what your tax person told you? Yes, but, you know, everyone else, <laughs> uh, all these other financial shows, everyone talks about Roth conversion. By the way, the average 54-year-old is not making $200,000 with uh, $1.4 million in retirement savings. I know you don't feel wealthy, but compared to the average American, you are. You've done okay for yourself, Rich. It's you. You wouldn't even if if you were going to live in. I can't imagine a scenario where I'd recommend a Roth conversion now for you. Okay, so then here's part B. Do my wife could contribute to a Roth four fifty seven? Uh huh. Should we do that? Are you contributing to? Are you contributing to it now? No, because honestly, I figured. It's easier for me to do the Roth conversion and just, you know, not get a tax refund I, I, yeah, I, and I, take home less money per month. I wouldn't. I, knowing that I was going to move to North Carolina from the great state of Texas, excuse me, New York, um, huh. I would not. I would not. I would continue I would to make either. deductible contributions. If, I wouldn't be if, using a Roth. Yeah. I mean, this this ne- this decade in front of you is your big savings years for retirement, right? You've got, imagine the, well, you still might have, do you have kids in the house still? No, we're done. Okay. okay. Yeah. So well, this you is, think you're done. <laughs> so, I mean, better be done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the, I mean, this is the, the decade to really, I mean, prepaying your tax liability when your income's 200 grand, it, 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 I mean, it, yes, there are higher tax brackets, but you're pretty close to the. I mean, you're pretty up there in your federal tax bracket, and you're you're clearly up there on on New York taxes that you would not have when you leave New York. Yeah, and which is the which is the big thing there, right? So we live in the state of California. I don't make Roth contributions because there's a chance that I'm to gonna, your 401k to my 401k. Um, what I do do is I make a non-deductible IRA contribution every year. And then I convert yeah. it into a Roth IRA immediately. You should consider that as long as you don't have any deductible IRAs, that makes sense. Make a non-deductible IRA contribution and then but, convert but, but, it. But max out your wife's 403B. 450. Are you okay? 
we, see, right now we gross two hundred combined. <laughs> I, I maxed you're out a... my four hundred one k. Yes, and we we together we we put sixty five thousand into you know between her four fifty seven okay. her four hundred three b and mm-hmm. my four hundred one k. That's right. So it's like it's sort of tight, but. Well, I'm then, obsessed with then, retiring. Well, so. then don't. I mean, if, you don't have to save any. If you could, if you want more in Roth, then put, put some of your contribution into a Roth as opposed to pre-tax. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that either. I wouldn't do that either. I think I would just it's put not, everything I mean, in pre-tax. Just, absolutely. You're going to move to a lower income tax state. I mean, you, unless if you're really. Income, if your income was half what it is now with these assets, it's a different, different situation. But it's not. Yeah. So I think you're doing hundred percent the right thing, and so these other and, we shows, and the only way we're going to know is in sometime down the future. We, I mean, we don't know what tax law is going to be. Well, we, and just because Roth IRAs are currently income tax free, there could be another tax scheme in the future. Maybe we have a value added tax with a with a lower income tax, like Europe has. You're just rich. You're betting that North Carolina continues to have a lower income tax rate than the state of New York. And I would keep making that bet. And I'd make that bet. Because the Roth only makes okay. sense if your taxes are going to be higher in the future. Your tax rate, marginal tax rate. Yeah, higher. And we don't think yours will. All righty. Okay. And now, all right. Now, I have a general business question. Sure. And this is, I see you folks are expanding as a lot of the independents are expanding to get bigger. Um, how do I know if, like, I see you have a presence in Ohio and well, how would I know it's going to be the same? Like, you know, if you're buying an independent practice, are they still, you know, are they? It's a good, qu- it's just a good question. It's a great it's a, question. And we only have 40 seconds Here's left. A, there's the a, this is a great question. So we are an integrator, not an aggregator. And an integrator means that we integrate the systems and the processes across the whole platform. That's how you know. Our, our, the, our, in- our, our mission we talk about internally is we want a client experience to be the same whether someone's in Sarasota, Sacramento, Cincinnati. It's not going to really matter. A very consistent client experience. But And that's because we're an integrator, not an aggregator. An aggregator just buys the business and doesn't try to change its process. And so Fortunately, that's all the time we have. Uh, certainly appreciate everyone being with us. This has been Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.